This is In The Zone with Tamika Nicole, where we talk all things sports. Thank you for giving me the chance to give you the top sports news, the hottest news, the scoop, (laughs) the tea on what's going on in sports, game recaps, hot news, everything is all here. So we're going to jump right into it and get right into the zone. Thought we take a look at some college football news and what's going on over there. Now, if you want to take a look at some early draft picks and players who are being spotlighted for certain positions, we'll talk about a few of these positions. Again, it's really early. And, you know, some of these names are subject to change based on the rest of the season. But right now... If you're just kind of wondering who to look at or who's available for these positions, if you're looking for wide receivers, you have Jordan Addison. He's a receiver at USC. You have Quentin Johnston. He is a wide receiver at TCU. As far as running back, you have Bijan Robinson, Texas Longhorns. Quarterback, you have Bryce Young, Alabama, and then you have Will Levy's Kentucky, but He's in there, but barely. It just kind of depends on how, you know, for him it would be how the rest of the season goes. And then right now, as far as linebackers, you have Will Anderson Jr., outside linebacker at Alabama. Now taking a look at the college football playoff rankings as of – This past Tuesday, November 1st, we have Tennessee at 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, Clemson at 4, Michigan at 5, Alabama at 6. Now, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan are all 8-0. Then you have Alabama at 6, they're 7-1, but then you have TCU who is still 8-0, but they're at 7, so some people... Thought that was kind of wild. You have Oregon at 8, USC at 9, LSU at 10, Ole Miss 11. You have UCLA at 12, Kansas State 13, Utah 14, Penn State 15. And so we'll stop right there. But just to give you an idea of where everything, um, where all the um, teams are as far as the rankings go now as far as what games to watch this weekend as far as college probably the biggest game is going to be number one Tennessee um, at number three Georgia now Tennessee was able to um, beat Alabama so Georgia would be you know that next big test for them so this one, I think, will be set to be really good. Both of the, these teams have perfect records, so somebody's going away um, with that record not so perfect and squeaky clean. So that will be a good one. The other good one would be number six, Alabama, at number 10, LSU. So that will be a good game. And then also you have number four, Clemson, at Notre Dame. And I've been rooting for, you know, Marcus Freeman, who 
this is his first year um, head coach for Notre Dame and coming in after Brian Kelly, just wanting to see him do well. So um, they had a big one against Syracuse last weekend. So we'll see how they're able to do with um, number four Clemson. So just some of the news and things that are going on in college football. Also, as far as Tennessee, the quarterback, Hendon Hooker, you know, he's up, you know, for talks of being nominated for the Heisman Trophy. So um, excited for him and the season that he's having with Tennessee. Um, he has a 91.3 total QBR, and he only has one interception this season. So, you know, shout out to him and for the season he's having and what him and Tennessee has been able to do. So excited to really see this game, Tennessee and Georgia on Saturday, and we'll talk about it next week. I wanted to talk about a couple of stories. One is an incident that took place after a game this past weekend, and the other is more of an update that I said we would, um, that I would make sure we stayed up to date with. So this past weekend, you had Michigan and Michigan State that played, and that's a big rivalry. And Michigan dominated um, the game and beat the Spartans 29-7. to So you had the Michigan Wolverines who won and um, beat the Michigan State Spartans. After this game, they go in the tunnel and there's, you know, a fight, commotion, whatever you want to call it. But Jim Harborough, um pretty much released a statement and talked about what was seen on the tape. He said that it's cut and dry that several of the Michigan State players were hitting, kicking, attacking um, their defensive back, McBurrows. Um, There were several of the Michigan State players who were named um, defensive ends, Jacoby Winman and Brandon Wright, cornerbacks Justin White and Malcolm Jones, um, they're suspended indefinitely. And then previously they had already suspended on linebacker Tank Brown safety, Angelo Gross, defensive end Zion Young, and cornerback um, Kerry Crump for their involvement. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty big. Jim Harbaugh, they're going to go for, you know, pressing charges, and they want, you know, consequences for what was done and he talked about the tape and said it it just it didn't look good at all it was hard to one of those things where it was hard to watch and I just thought that was so it's just so messed up and so sad to sit here and name these guys the positions they play the opportunity of what they're doing to play on this stage when there were so many other people who wanted to fill that spot and be in that position, and here you are. And you've sacrificed and worked 
your tail off for years to do this to get here. And in your mind, you didn't do all of that weight training and off season having to do track and, you know, skills and just so many different things, watching hours of watching film and all of that. You didn't do all of that just to go to school and just blow that away. You can't tell me you don't that your end goal isn't to try to set your family up. If you can get that opportunity. And regardless if that's how hard it may be to do that, if you have that, you still didn't come this far to just throw it away like that. I know that it was an in-the-moment thing and pride and ego. I don't know. Words could have been said by both sides that were just, you know, completely out of hand and not necessary. But, like, it doesn't matter. You were in the tunnel on Michigan grounds and still did that. Tapes. I mean, cameras everywhere. And now you're not... You're not going to play. Don't know if you're going to play again or how that's going to pan out for you. But you definitely, whatever opportunity you were hoping for, you've definitely hurt yourself. It may seem like at the time we're doing this together. But the effects that it has is individual. You know, so... Man, just something that, just disappointed because this is such a great opportunity and something that shouldn't be taken lightly. And not only, you know, did you do that to yourself, how do you made Michigan State look? You know, your team. And we're like, wow, what would make them think that it was okay for them to even do that what do they do over there what's going on and so it's just bad out or bad all around and you know Jim Harbaugh and the in Michigan they they're not they're not holding back and you know they want consequences to be what they are so it's, I don't see them just getting by and over on this, especially when Jim Harbaugh is saying that it's clear cut and on the tape and the tape being, you know, something that's not easy to watch. So just wanted to talk about that. The other story that I wanted to, that I said that we would keep an update on is Brittany Griner. So last that I said, we talked about how she would have the appeal on October 25th and that was denied which they um, figured that it would be. So she was finally able to speak with um, U.S. Embassy officials today. She hadn't been able, they hadn't been able to see her since August, I believe. I believe the last time I talked about it, I talked about how her wife, Sherelle, said, you know, she was down obviously, you know, and feeling like she's forgotten 
and kind of what they got from her with this visit um, was pretty much just feeling like she's kind of fading away, just mentally, just trying to stay strong, trying to stay present. Because again, imagine how she feels, you know, first of all, you're not even in your own country and you wouldn't even want to pretty much go to jail even in your own city, state. So imagine outside of that and having to abide by whatever rules that they, you know, set. And the saddest part of it all is like it's not about Brittany or, you know, the cannabis as far as how they're treating her in the situation. And again, there's another prisoner as well, Paul Whalen. But pretty much it's political and because of what's going on. And so that's probably even scarier that they don't, they're not seeing you individually. You're just a, a cause, a pawn, you know, an example. But in the meantime, this is a human being that's separated from her country, her family, her friends, things that she knows them to be, her sport, her job, her career, her wife, barely getting to speak to them. You know, so just hoping that she can hold up mentally and that the other prisoner as well, because it has to be, you know, just scary not knowing when things will actually be looked at fairly or, you know, when things will change, how long will that take? And her be able to hold on and imagine how her wife and family feels, um, you know. So, again, I'll keep you posted on what's going on with um, Brittany. I know that they were saying that she was probably going to end up going to like a work like a labor camp or something like that so um just prayers up for her and her family and that her and Paul the other prisoner that you know things will be set straight for them So since we're kind of at that midway point in the football season, and that's so sad to say because it seems like it's going, every time I get in that midway, I'm like, it's going too fast. It's going to be over soon. But we'll go ahead and take a look at kind of since we're at that mark where everything is looking and standing with um, AFC, NFC, and within division. So AFC East you have Buffalo, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, still pretty close. Even with Buffalo, they're six and one. Um, the Jets and Miami are both five and three, and Patriots are four and four. So, you know, Buffalo is that big contender. They've got everything going for them offensively, defensively. They're running just like a well-oiled machine, but. 
man, the Jets and Dolphins aren't too far behind. And then you have the Dolphins that made the move. Um, they did the trade with Bradley Chubb um, this past Tuesday. And within that deal, I mean, Chubb was pretty much set up. <laughs> he was left just to go somewhere and be playing the Dolphins. Um, and Bradley Chubb agreed to five-year, $119 million extension so they went ahead and got him and got him set in and locked and loaded (laughs) so that's the AFC East so AFC North you have um, Baltimore Bengals Browns and Steelers and within that division you have Baltimore top five and three and then you have Bengals um, second four and four and Browns three and five and Steelers are two and six but between um, Bengals, Baltimore, and the Browns, and depending on what the Steelers can do, but right now they're in a position where you got a rookie, you have Kenny Pickett in, and yeah, he's struggling with turnovers, um, the most in the NFL, but he's just going to have some growing pains. So that's just what that's going to look like, and it's actually okay for it to look like that. So now that you've put him in and, um, you know, there's no, there's no change in that. Once you put him in over, you bench Mitch, then you got to ride with that and let him kind of just go through the growing pains. And that's when you just have to start watching him become who you, you know, hoping that you drafted him to be. But it's not going to always just come out perfect and great. Um, we see, we saw that it took Josh, Josh Allen probably about three years to just come out and just really make his presence of who he was going to be. Um, we saw the same with Justin Herbert. And I can even say looking at Daniel Jones, you know, took him the four. But it's also who you're with coach-wise to develop you. Man, that's actually also something that's really important. You know, would Patrick Mahomes have been as great and stretched to grow if he hadn't been with Andy Reid? Would he still be what we see? Because he wasn't drafted early. You know, so, man, not only just getting drafted, but getting put with you know, the right mentor and who's going to develop you. And that can either make you or break you. And we saw with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz how it doesn't always go smoothly, more so with um, Jared Goff um, when he originally had, you know, Jeff Fisher as a coach. So, but yeah, with Kenny Pickett, you roll with it and, hey, he's going to have some good plays, some good days, but you have those times just like, went through with Daniel Jones and the turnovers where, hey, it's just part of that process, you know. You just, it's a journey that you got to just roll and grow with. AFC South, you have Tennessee at the top, five and two. You have Indiana Colts, um, three and four, with also a tie. Then the Jaguars, you have their two and six, and Houston is um, one and five. 
but you pretty much have Tennessee dominating um, that division right now. AFC West, you have Kansas City Chiefs. They're five and two. You have the Chargers. They're four and three, and Denver three and five, and the Las Vegas Raiders two and five. And I mean, there's still a good amount of football to where obviously these numbers can change, and it's not that big of gap or anything between them. Um, for most of these, there's just one game or two games between that first and third, third place within the division. Uh, what I find interesting about Kansas City and them acquiring Kandarius Tony is that they were so, you know, in the off season there was everything was so cool. We don't we're we're gonna be okay without Tyreek Hill. We're good, and they played Buffalo and lost and realized that they needed that edge, that they didn't have that. And they may not have ever said that, but for you to get a, a speeder, a speedster like Hedaris Tony lets me know that you know that you needed that edge. And low-key, you really needed Tyreek Hill or a Tyreek Hill. So I just thought that was interesting. Then you had the NFC Beast. NFC beast. So yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're still seven and zero, but possibly eight eight and zero, depending on how the game with Houston goes. Um, you have Dallas at six and two, Giants six and two, Washington at four and four. Right now, this is the best division in football. Who could knew you could go from least to beast and just just like that. Um. So, yeah, still going to be, I just think the whole division is just going to be a tight run and just seeing how this last stretch goes, you know. Can the, will my Giants be able to maintain and get healthy and get our pieces back, you know, because that's something that's really been um, a hindrance to us, but we've been able to maintain and keep up with two teams that have both sides, you know, you have the Eagles who are dominating on both sides and haven't lost a game so far. And you have Dallas who's had the number one offense last season and has the best, one of the best defenses in the league. And even though we came in here with a new GM and a new coach and a quarterback that we still have questions about and, you know, where we're going to see Saquon and, hey, with all of that, we came in here and we are competing and we're in there. So, yeah, I'm excited about the NFC East. Then you have the NFC North where you have Minnesota. Man, Kirk Cousins. Um, six and one. So, yeah, surprising. Especially when you're in division with, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. They're three and five. You have Chicago Bears. They're three and five as well. Um, I know Justin Fields and the Bears that there has been a, that, you know, adjustment period and trying to see where you grow, where you go, what your identity is going to be. It's been a struggle, but within these last couple of weeks, I've I've seen a difference. Um, just even a camaraderie with just within that team and. You know, just that fight I know that Justin Fields has, you know, seeing him play at Ohio State. 
So it's good to finally see them trying to click and come together and make something work. And then you have Detroit, who is um, one and six. Um, you have the NFC South, where you have Atlanta. You know, you wouldn't have never thought this coming in, where Atlanta would be the top of the NFC South, um, just with their changes and, you know, quarterback. But they're 4-4. Four four. Then you have the Tampa Bay Bucks with the GOAT. You know, Tom Brady, who they're struggling. 3-5. and five. And so many people are just waiting. Like, you know, Tom's not going to just ride this season. Like, he's he's he always gets it together right on time. So we'll see if it'll be that instance where are they going to be able to get it together on time and how will this go for, you know, Tom Brady. I know that he doesn't want to end his career after you've been Tom Brady, the GOAT to so many people. You don't want to just go out any kind of way, especially just bad. It doesn't hurt his his legacy or anything like that at all, you know, but, you know, the competitor, competitor that he is, and he's fighting so he's fought so hard to hold on to being able to still play and yet struggling so much in the game and personally um, that you know that he wants it to at least be worth it. And you have Nor um New Orleans with the same record as the Bucks three and five, and then you have Carolina two and six. And then you have the NFC West. You have the Seahawks five and three, Geno and the Seahawks. Hey, you gotta give them their credit where, you know, Pete Carroll has pretty much picked, you know, picked up where he left off at Russ, but probably to him better. And then you kinda have that question mark, you know, were they did they know something about Russ that we didn't know and that Pete Carroll's and Russ, you know, relationship and just what Pete Carroll could do, That was that really what was making Russ even what we thought he was or appeared to be? But now, you know, is he exposed as that's who he is or is he just trying to get going and get on his feet? So I think that's an interesting thing that we have to look at as well when it comes to um, because – Pete Carroll hasn't sweated one time since Russell left, or even when they played them that week, first week. It was no big deal. It was business as usual. So, And you didn't really see that kind of relationship you'd think that he and Russell would have. Like, you didn't see any of that. It was just – so it just makes me wonder, is it not what what we think or what we see or what we thought all this time? Um, you also have the 49ers. They got Christian um, McCaffrey, so that makes them even stronger. So seeing how they'll finish this second half out, if Jimmy G can hold it down. But they're 4-4. Four and four. You have the Rams 3-4. and four. And, I mean, the NFC is crazy. Like, the Rams were Super Bowl team. You take away Von Miller and Odell Beckham, and now they're 3-4. and four. Um, And then you have the Arizona um, Cardinals who are three and five, but just wanted to give a general look of where everything, everyone are, you know, is right now. We're in this last stretch just to see, um, 
how things shake up and where things end up. We'll we'll have to see how that goes. But right now, AFC, you know, Bills are at top. And um, NFC, you got the Eagles. So we'll see if it continues to stay that way. I just wanted to thank you specifically for taking time to listen to In the Zone with Tamika Nicole. I thank you for trusting me to give you your hot topics and sports, game recap scores. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. If you know anybody that loves sports and likes to stay on top of the sports news or know what's going on with game recaps and scores, please share the podcast with them. If you have any questions, things you want me to say, share on the podcast or things you disagree with hey anything hit me up at tamika nicole zone at gmail.com that's t-a-m-i-k-a-n-i-c-o-l-e-z-o-n-e at gmail.com thank you appreciate you